Football is back and right now Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets including first, last or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favourite online betting company. We've got wall-to-wall Premier League football with games being played nearly every day and with Bet365 Bet Builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals and more to create your own personalised bet. And if you can't watch all the games live with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favourite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only. Please gamble responsibly. Hi folks, welcome to another 59th minute FPL podcast which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan, you can find me on Twitter at FPL General. It was goals galore in game week 2, 44 in total, a new Premier League record for a single match week. FPL wise it was a crazy one too, the combined score of the top 5 most transferred out players going into the game week was a huge 73. Those players, Hyungman's son, Sadio Mane, Alexander-Arnold, Danny Ings and Alexander Mitrovic all smashing it after having a disappointing game week one. So lots of managers were stung by their first transfer or transfers of the season. Special shout out goes to my good friend Blake who did the sun out for Rashford transfer. He's not feeling great this week about that. Game week two was a good lesson in patience for FPL managers. You pick those players in game week one for a reason. So you've got to give them more than one week to deliver. Usual format for the podcast this week. Shout outs, game week two review, a watch list update, Twitter questions, and I'll finish with captaincy and transfers for game week three. The one pound a month offer to get access to everything on The Athletic is still available. You can get it by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPL pod. We have a new member to the 59th Minute Club joining Harry Winks and Callum Robinson from last week. Sheffield United's Ethan Ampadu. Welcome to the famous 59th Minute Club. Now, this is one of my favourite kinds of 59th Minute shoutouts because Ampadu didn't actually start the game. He came on after 31 minutes and he managed to register 59 minutes on the FPL website. So just one point for Ampadu. So welcome to the club, Ethan. Grab yourself a beer and join the others in the corner. Hopefully we'll have a few more joining you next week following Game Week 3. A couple of notable mentions who almost made it into the club this week. Tariq Lamptey at Brighton. Another excellent performance, but he was taken off after 57 minutes. Missed out on the clean sheet points, but he did pick up his second assist of the season. So I really like Lamptey. Hopefully I can bring him in at some point soon. Lucas Mora at Spurs just about made it to 60 minutes, so got himself that extra point. And a player at Fulham who is dicing with death, Abu Bakr Kamara, 57 minutes and 62 minutes over the last two game weeks. So surely it won't be long before Scott Parker gives us a shout out for Kamara. A quick review of how game week two went for me. The transfer I did going into the game week was Christian Pulisic out for James Rodriguez. So I've nailed my first transfer of the season. Obviously Pulisic didn't play and Rodriguez got me a nice 12 points. So hopefully I, that sets the, the bar for my transfers for the next couple of weeks. Hopefully I can hit most of them 
or at least you know more than I miss once I bring those players in. So good start with transfers in terms of James Rodriguez. I'm just I, I finish on sixty five points. I've just written down the good and then I'll go through the bad. So the good first of all, Trent and Robertson double up got me thirteen points. James Justin got himself on the score sheet for Leicester despite Leicester not looking very good defensively, which is a bit worrying. James got me the twelve. Aubameyang captain, disappointing, but at least it wasn't a blank. At least he got that assist for a 10-pointer. And Mitrovic, who obviously frustrated me in game week one, but came back with a 12-pointer then in game week two. Also good, Taylor was on my bench. He got an assist and he looked good going forward for Burnley. So I'll be using him over the next couple of weeks in my starting eleven. And I was glad to see Oliver Burke get 90 minutes as well on my bench. I did not expect that. I didn't expect him to start. And I definitely didn't expect him to get 90 minutes. So the red card probably played a factor in that. But hopefully, as a 4.5 million midfielder, he can become an out-of-position position for me and for others as well. The bad, Ramsdale, disappointing again, just two points. You know, set and forget goalkeeper after just two game weeks. I'm, I'm a bit worried about Ramsdale at 5 million. Sheffield United are, you know, they just haven't started great. Maybe they won't, there won't be too many clean sheets there for, for, the, for the Blades this season. Uh, Walker Peters, even though he got an assist, he got three points, but you know Southampton were absolutely torn apart by Spurs, so that's a bit worrying there as well. St. Maximin is probably probably my biggest issue going into game week three. Just one point went off injured, so that was a failed game week one punt, and I'll be looking to fix that issue this week. I'll talk about that when I get to transfers. And finally, Vardy, just two points. Leicester scored four goals, so very, very disappointing for Vardy not to get involved there, but... I think I've seen enough. There was a couple of you know instances where he was you know assisting the assister or he was close to getting shots away himself. Obviously, he has those penalties as we've seen in game week one. So I think I'm going to keep him. Yes, it's Man City next, but then there's two very nice fixtures after that. Two home fixtures for Leicester. Off the top of my head, I think it's Villa and West Ham. So I think Vardy will get five games for me. And then maybe I'll look to free up some cash by, by downgrading them. So that was game week two for me. 65 points which followed 80 points last week. So it's been a pretty steady, if not spectacular, start to the season for me. So I'm pretty happy with the first two game weeks. Time for a watch list update now. I'll go through the players that I've added to my watch list this week, first of all. And then I'll talk about a few that I have removed. So watched Manchester City against Wolves last night. Very impressed with Man City in particular. Phil Foden at 6.5 million. And Gabriel Jesus at 9.5 million, both on the score sheet, both played 90 minutes. Both, I think, are very viable options for the next couple of weeks. We know Aguero is not going to be back for at least a month, maybe more. So Jesus looks a great pick at 9.5 million. Foden, good to see him get 90 minutes. Hopefully he can do that often this season. You know, there's players to come back in there. Mare is probably lacking a bit of fitness after his COVID issues and stuff like that. So it still remains to be seen how much game time Foden is going to get. But I think at 6.5 million, you can plug him in. Just make sure you have a decent first sub and you know be prepared to get the odd one-pointer from him as well. But could very easily be followed by a 15-pointer. Like I said, City looked great. I'm looking to bring in KDB this week. Spoiler alert, not really a surprise. Most people are probably looking to do the same. Um, but yeah, Foden and Jesus, I may look to add you know, a second Man City player over the next couple of weeks as well. Harry Kane, 10.5 million, four assists. Couldn't believe this when I I stuck on the radio 
on Sunday. Uh, couldn't believe, first of all, that Son had four goals, but I was even more shocked, I think, that Kane had four assists. He only got two assists all of last season, so he's doubled it in one game. So, you know, is he the new Christian Eriksen at Spurs? You know, he's dropping back. He looked looked pretty good creating those chances for young men's son. The thing about Kane, we know he's going to get goals, but I always like my strikers to add assists to their game as well. So I think that's a very good sign for Harry Kane, those four assists. If you could get, you know, 10, around 10 assists for the season, if you could get 20 goals, you're looking at a very good season at 10.5 million. So Kane is back on my watch list. I do still prefer Youngman Son, though, from the Spurs attack. Another striker, Neil Mopai, 6.5 million. A brace and an assist against Newcastle. We know he's on penalties now. And with the amount of penalties that are being given this season, that makes Mopai more interesting. Brighton were excellent against Newcastle. Completely played them off the park. I've always liked Mopai. He was in and out of my team a couple of times last season. So maybe this is the one where we're going to see him really come out of his shell as a Premier League player and have a big season. So he's another striker for us to consider, as is Mikel Antonio. He's dropped to 6.4 million, got a goal against Arsenal. We know what Antonio can do. You know, we've seen we've seen that at the back end of last season. The fixtures don't matter too much with Antonio, I feel. You know, I think he can he can score against anyone, he can bully any defence. And West Ham did look much better against Arsenal than they did in game week one. So Antonio is back in my thoughts as well. A couple of midfielders, West Brom's Pereira, 6.0 million. A goal and an assist against Everton. The goal was a cracking free kick. This guy is a player. Now, I've just written down beside this, do I want a West Brom player though? And my answer is probably no. So although I like Pereira a lot, what I've seen of him, first two game weeks... I don't really want to spend six million on a West Brom player at the moment, given what I've seen of them so far this season. So he's just one to keep an eye on for me. I think there's lots of options in that price bracket, which I'll talk about when it comes to my transfers. The final player I've added this week is a 4.5 million midfielder, plays for Fulham and Goisa, got an assist and he played 90 minutes. That's all you want and more from a 4.5 million midfielder. Basuma was looking like possibly the best 4.5 million midfielder and then stupidly got himself sent off for kicking Lewis in the face. So he's got a three-game ban. That rules him out until you know mid, mid-October. So that rules him out. So I think Anguissa now at Fulham at 4.5 million could be the best 4.5 million midfielder. That's, of course, if Oliver Burke doesn't tear it up over the next couple of game weeks. Which players have I removed from the watch list this week? Uh, Dukuri at Everton. Simply because they scored five goals and he wasn't involved. He played 64 minutes. I didn't see the game, so I don't know if that was injury-related, maybe. But also, I've got James Rodriguez, and I won't be doubling up on the Everton midfield. You know, I'm happy with James. I'd probably like to get Richarlison or Calvert-Lewin, so I won't be getting Ducuri for that reason. I've removed Willian as well. He had a very good game week one, but what I don't like about Willian is his minutes. 74 minutes game week one, 63 minutes game week two. I want my players to be getting as close to 90 minutes every week as possible. I've removed Harrison from Leeds as well, quite simply because Click is on penalties and that swings it in his favour. They're around the same price. Click looks good from open play as well. Lewis from Newcastle I've removed because Newcastle looked absolutely dreadful defensively against Brighton and they've also got a very tough run of fixtures coming up. And Ben Davis is the final player I've removed from the watch list this week. 
Spurs don't have any clean sheets and they've signed Sergio Regulon. So Ben Davis could lose his place very soon. So that's the watch list updated. I will do the same again in next week's episode. Hi there, I'm David Ornstein, host of the Athletics Ornstein and Chapman podcast. And I'm here to tell you about Manscaped, the expert in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And Manscaped has just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, so you can be one of the first men in the country to experience Manscaped's life-changing products. Their third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents, and the water-resistant technology also allows you to groom whilst in the shower. And we've got a special offer right now for all of you listening to this podcast. Get 20% off and free shipping by using the code EPL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com by using the code EPL20. Happy shaving. And you can also listen to me on the Ornstein and Chapman podcast. It's myself, Mark Chapman, and the Athletics stable of expert writers, bringing you unrivaled insight into the biggest stories in the game every single week. Twitter questions now. Thanks, as always, to everyone who sent them in. Just the 149 questions sent in over the last six to eight hours. So I've gone through them and I've picked out 10 of the best ones that cover some of the main talking points ahead of Game Week 3. First one from FPL Archer. Are penalties now so prevalent and important that it's conceivable a team of penalty takers, for example, KDB, Salah, Bruno, Vardy, Ings, could be the highest scoring team of the season? The way things have gone, the, the first two game weeks, you know, we could be looking, we could be looking back on this season as as the season of the penalty. You know, you could be looking at the the top scoring players in FPL come the end of the season. And the top four or five midfielders and the top four or five forwards could easily be all penalty takers. But that's not just because of those penalties. You know, most of those players that you've mentioned there are all very good FPL assets regardless of penalties. But, you know, we know penalties are that added bonus. So I think personally I am leaning on penalties a little bit more with my transfer thoughts this season just on what we've seen over the last couple of game weeks with VAR, some ridiculous penalties given for very soft handballs that wouldn't have been given in the past. So yeah, I think penalty takers are definitely, you've got to take more notice of them this season than in previous seasons based on the first two game weeks. FPL Swiss says, is it worth investing in Werner with three very good fixtures despite Chelsea having the lowest open play XG? So I had to go and check this for myself because it was a surprising stat. Um, so I went to fbref.com, which use uh, Statsbomb, a very good website, free website, very good for FPL. Uh, and it's it checked out, the stat did check out, non-penalty XG over the first two game weeks. Chelsea are bottom of the pile with 0.6. So, I mean, that's got to be worrying for Werner owners or for potential Werner buyers. Now, we do have to remember Chelsea did play uh, half of the Liverpool game with 10 men. So that's obviously going to have a big impact on that non-penalty XG. But it is worrying. And how I feel about Werner is, yes, he's got West Brom, Palace, Southampton next. But I don't fear him from what I've seen in the first two games. I don't feel like I need to go out and get him this week. Yes, I think he's probably a pretty good captaincy option against West Brom. But I think that's more so because of what we've seen from West Brom so far rather than what we've seen of Chelsea. I don't think we're going to see the real... Werner until he has Pulisic and Ziyech behind him creating chances for him. So I think it, you know Chelsea haven't looked fantastic yet. It's probably going to take them take them a while 
to get up to full speed, you know, get all those injured players back. And I think that's when Werner will be a lot more interesting to me. So I, it looks like I'm going to go without him for the next couple of weeks. You know, I'm quite happy, you know, to give Vardy a couple of more games, you know, back Vardy maybe over the next three games to outscore Werner. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. But for me, Werner, you know, I, I don't I don't fear him. Yes, his ownership is, is pretty big, but I'm trying to ignore ownership as much as I can this season. By all means, buy him but you're probably buying him on fixtures more so than on what you've seen of Chelsea so far this season but you know it wouldn't surprise me West Brom this week you know you could easily get a couple of goals on that one so yeah I think it's fine to buy him but I think it's also fine to to just give it a couple more weeks which is what I'm doing. FPL Rich with with a record number of goals this season should we be looking to spend less on defence and more in midfield slash attack so yeah again I think the important thing to remember here is it's only two game weeks. It's a very, very small sample size. And this doesn't mean that it's going to continue. We see it all the time in FPL. So what you're seeing now is loads of goals, not many clean sheets. Everyone goes and takes all the money out of defence and puts it into attack. Fast forward three or four game weeks, teams will have tightened up. There'll be more clean sheets and people will start reversing those decisions. So, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. It is only two weeks worth of information. It's a very small sample size. When you think that you know we are a 38 game week season, so lots will change. Does it make sense at the moment, though? Yes, it does. I mean, if I was on a wild card this week, which a lot of people are, I probably would be taking a bit of money out of defence. I'm on a 4-4-2 at the minute, but I think if I was on a wild card, I'd probably be looking at 3-4-3 because there's, I think there's quite a lot of good cheap strikers, uh, and I'd probably rather have three rather than just two, which I have at the moment. So yeah, I think it does make sense. Take your cash out of defence, but be prepared that you know it may not that pattern may not continue, and it could flip on its head very quickly. We know how quickly things change in FPL, so always remember that. Dave Cockine says, "Last season you joined the Pookie Party. This year, will you be heading along to the DCL Disco?" This question made me chuckle, and I already mentioned that I do like the look of Everton a lot. I've got Hames. I would like to probably get Calvert Lewin as well. I think I mentioned on last week's podcast, I do rather spend in, you know, less cash and getting Calvert Lewin rather than Richarlison, even though they both look like really good options this season. I liked Ancelotti's comments after Calvert Lewin's hat trick at the weekend. I think when Ancelotti is comparing Calvert Lewin to Inzaghi, you know we've got a good player there. So I think yes, Calvert Lewin is definitely on my mind and you're gonna you're going to hear what my plan is when it comes to my transfers at the end of the podcast. You know, you mentioned Pookie there. I think Calvert-Lewin is a lot more reliable than Timu Pookie, quite simply because Calvert-Lewin plays for a very good Everton side and Pookie was playing for the worst team in the Premier League last season. Tom Shurge asks, do we need to sell Manchester United assets ASAP or give it a couple of weeks to see if Solskjaer can get a reaction following the Palace game? So, United are away to Brighton this weekend, and I do expect a big reaction. As a United fan, what an awful, awful start to the season that was. I was out celebrating my 30th birthday on Saturday. There was no TV where I was, thankfully. I was hoping to watch the game when I was out, but it was actually a blessing in disguise that was, there was no television. And one of the guys I was with just kept updating me on the scores, and I could not believe it. So... I think the main issues were there was no Wan-Bissaka, there was no Matic and there was no Greenwood in the starting eleven. So as a United fan, I hope to see all three of those in the starting eleven against Brighton. I think that will make a huge difference. So if I had United players, would I sell them this week? I don't think I would. 
it, to me, it stinks of what happened last week when everyone sold Son and Manny. I think if people sell Bruno Fernandes, Greenwood, Martial, they could easily smash it against Brighton. So to me, that's a good fixture on paper for the United attackers. So I would give them at least one more week uh, and don't be too rash getting rid of them just yet. FPL knee jerker, is De Bruyne essential? Knee jerker is on his wild card and to get him, he needs to make sacrifices elsewhere in his team. What I would say, you always see those uh, t-shirts, you know, keep calm, do this, keep calm, do that. This week, I would just say, keep calm and buy Kevin because watching him against Wolves last night just sealed the deal for me. I mean, I was I went into that game with an open mind. I kind of knew, I was kind of leaning towards Kevin De Bruyne uh, for my Aubameyang replacement this week, which was always the plan. But I was open to Sterling. You know, I was giving Sterling a chance last night to impress me and swing it the other way. But watching the game, De Bruyne is just so heavily involved in everything that City do, from open play, set pieces, penalties. It's not one to overthink. I don't think it's. I don't think you need to try and be too clever with this one. He's the best player in the league. He takes all the set pieces. City are probably going to score the most goals in the league this season. So just buy him. You know, don't don't think any more about it. So that's my plan this week. I'm not going to overthink. I'm just going to get KDB, and hopefully he will be in my team for the rest of the season. Now, if I was on a wild card, he'd be one of the first names in the team sheet. Jonas asks, would it be smart to play with three strikers going forwards? I've noticed that few teams keep clean sheets, and most bonus points have been going towards the forwards. Yeah, so I've probably covered this one already in a previous question. I think three strikers looks pretty good at the moment. If I was on a wild card this week, that is the way I would be setting up. Henry asks, quite simply, KDB or Sterling? Cover that one as well. I think KDB, for me, watching that game last night, passed the eye test a lot more than Sterling did. Vinesh Suresh asks, with Sheffield United looking leaky, are you going to transfer Ramsdale for another keeper? Yeah, so this is this is worrying me. But at the same time, I never like to use a transfer on a goalkeeper. So there's no clean sheets yet for Ramsdale. The fixtures actually look pretty nasty coming up as well. So it's not ideal. I'm, hopefully it'll get to a point where I've got two free transfers some week and I've got no other issues. And then I can think about moving Ramsdale. But I think, again, it is just two game weeks. So I think it is probably too early just yet to assess things. I mean, it's not like any of the 45 goalkeepers look essential at the moment anyway uh, you know Martinez saved the penalty Ryan got a clean sheet but apart from that there's not too much yet but yes it is worrying me and if it continues I mean if Sheffield United continue to, to ship goals I'm not going to sit there set and forget and be stubborn about it I will address that issue you know maybe four or five weeks down the line final question this week from Funfest Sutton is Potence a trap created by FPL managers desperate for more exciting 5.5 midfield options than the Leeds boys? Is Potence a trap? I don't think he is. I thought he was excellent against Manchester City. I already had him on my watch list following game week one. So I think that's an assist now in both game weeks. Could have easily had a couple of goals against City last night if his finishing was better. So I think at 5.5 million, Potence is a very, very good option which you're going to find out about when it comes to my transfers as well. I like him a lot more now that Jota is gone, so there's less competition for places there at Wolves now. Thank you for the questions, folks. As always, you can send them in at FPL General every Monday evening. Balding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start losing our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. 
Hims was created to make it easy for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing the doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face to face with a stranger in a white coat. So Hims connects you to real doctors online which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's forhims.co.uk forward slash athletic. Moving on to Game Week 3 Captaincy. I put a poll on Twitter this morning. I included four options. Kevin De Bruyne, Timo Werner. I put Kane or Son as one option. And I also put Salah or Manny as one option. The poll got around 7,000 votes at the time of recording. KDB came out on top with 32%. Just ahead of uh, Werner who got around 29%. Kane or Son got 19%. And Manny or Salah also got 19%. So I think what this poll tells me is we're going to have a pretty split captaincy this week. You're going to have quite a few different uh, players who are quite highly captained. Um, I think there's a few other options as well. You know, We mentioned Manchester United away to Brighton. You can never rule out the likes of Martial, Bruno, uh, Rashford and maybe even Greenwood as well. Uh, Jimenez is away to West Ham. I like him there as well. And the form that Calvert-Lewin is in, you know, you wouldn't be surprised to see him get amongst the goals again against Crystal Palace. But I wouldn't look past probably KDB or Werner this week. I think those two are probably the best options. I think for me, obviously I don't have Werner, so I'm going to buy KDB. And I'm pretty sure he will be my captain as well against Leicester. Now on paper, you might think that's not the best fixture, but... I think watching Leicester the last two weeks without Johnny Evans at the back, they're very, very shaky. You know, indeed he's not a centre-back. Soyunku doesn't look as comfortable without Johnny Evans beside him. There was one passage of play in particular that the other night against Burnley where Soyunku and Ndidi both defended really poorly, which allowed Chris Wood to have a shot which came back off the post. Um, so yeah, that kind of sealed the, the Manchester City captaincy for me watching that watching that Leicester-Burnley game. So KDB for me will be captain uh, and hopefully he can go big. Game week three transfer plans. What am I going to do with my transfers? I've only got one free because I brought in Hamas last week. Aubameyang to a Man City midfielder was always the plan and I'm going to follow through with it. Aubameyang's fixtures get a little bit tricky now uh, and KDB will come in, as I mentioned. Now, I've also got a Sant-Maximan problem. I could bench him and hope that Oliver Burke starts, but I don't really trust Wilder to start um, Oliver Burke. So if if Burke didn't start, that would probably put me down to 10 players. So I don't really want to face into that prospect. So I think I'll take a minus four to fix the St. Maximum problem. And Potence is the one I'm going to go for. I'm pretty sure the next five fixtures for Wolves are a sea of green. Really nice fixtures. I mean, I would love to have Jimenez. But at least I can get a slice of the Wolves pie for 5.5 million with Potence. He really impressed me against City. Like I said, I like him more that Jota is not there anymore. Uh, click, at, uh, click at Leeds was the other one I was looking at. You know, penalties. He looks pretty decent from open play as well. But I just think I, I prefer Wolves as a team and I prefer their fixtures as well. So I'm going to take a punt on Potence. I don't even think it'll be much of a punt, actually. I think a lot of people will buy him this week. 
I've seen a few on, on social media already actually making the same moves as me, you know, getting KDB and getting Podens this week, whether it be for two frees or for a free transfer. So I think it always it always gives you that confirmation bias when you see other people, you know, making the same moves as yourself. So KDB and Podens will come in for St. Maximin and Aubameyang now. I'm probably going to have to act early as well, which I don't like doing. I like making my transfers on a Friday night with all the information available. But sometimes this game, especially in the first few weeks of the season, that really forces your hand, which I really don't like. But basically what I'm thinking ahead as well, I'm thinking ahead to game week four and I might want to do Mitrovic out for Calvert-Lewin. So obviously I need the cash for that. Now, at the moment, if I do... If I do opponents and KDB in today, that will leave me with 1.4 million in the bank, which leaves me about z- only about 0.2 million wiggle room for Mitrovic to cover Lou in game week four. So if I waited till Friday this week, there's a good chance I wouldn't be able to do Mitrovic to cover Lou in for game week four. So for that reason, I'm going to have to make a rare couple of early transfers. I think I'd probably do it tonight because, I mean, Aubameyang's at maximum are going to go down in price this week. KDB's already went up 0.1, so I've missed that one. Potence, good chance he will rise as well. So, you know, and, and likewise, Calvert Lewin's only going one direction. Um, so I'm I'm going to be forced to act early if I want to follow through with my plans in Game Week 4, or at least leave the option open for myself. So I think I'm recording on Tuesday. I think Tuesday night KDB and Potence will come in. And it'll it's always a long week when you make early transfers. Hopefully nothing goes wrong in the Carabao Cup or or in training or with COVID or anything. So yeah, fingers crossed the early moves will be okay this week. That's it for this week, folks. Thank you for listening as always. Please leave a review if you enjoyed it. And if you'd like to hear more podcasts from me before the Game Week 3 deadline, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Have a great week, folks, and best of luck to you in Game Week 3. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview Game Week 4. (laughs) 